Welcome to the uh, Over a Beer podcast at uh, Samuel Adams Boston Brewery. Uh, we've gathered a special group of brewers to, to talk about a special brewer today. Um, so we've got people here from both Boston Beer Company and uh, Jack's Abbey. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, someone named Herb Linvite, who made a big impact on all of our careers, sometimes in similar ways, sometimes I'm sure in unique ways, as we'll find out. Uh, but we're going to kind of talk about Herb the Man and and raise a beer to him and uh, discuss a little bit about why we're here today. So my name is Jack Hendler. I'm one of the co-owners of Jack's Abbey Brewing here in Framingham, Massachusetts. I've been in the beer industry since 2005 and so it's 16 years now brewing and uh, I was formerly brewing in Boston for, for six years and started Jack's Abbey Brewing in 2010. Um, I first met Herb in 2005. I, my first brewing job, Herb hired me for, and uh, the two of us worked very closely for three years just the two of us running the Canal Street Brewery. And then we, we started working again directly in 2013 when Herb joined Jack's Abbey Brewing um, and worked there, uh, worked there until his passing in 2019. My name is Jeremy Cross. Uh, I first started in the beer industry in 1996 um i started at the ipswich brewery in um ipswich mass and kind of went all over the place to uh, california and alaska and then came back to massachusetts and that's where i met herb um i joined the beer works crew in 2002 and i was mostly in salem and herb was the head brewer in uh, canal street but when things were slow in salem i would go down to canal street and I worked with Herb for the uh, winter. So um, he and I got to know each other pretty well there. And then, you know, I went my separate way. He eventually moved on to Jack's Abbey. I got to join Jack's Abbey as a quality manager um, in October of 2018. So I was super excited to get, get back together with, uh, you know, working with Herb and Jack again. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, with Herb, that, that was much shorter lived than I'd I'd hoped, but uh, it was still it was still great to be able to get back and and work with him again. All right, uh, my name is John Morse. I'm one of the co-production directors at Jack's Abbey. Uh, started my career back at Boston Beer Works uh, around '09. Um, didn't work directly with Herb. Uh, a lot more indirect with him being in Lowell, um, but obviously our paths cross a lot during that time. Uh, and then it wasn't until back in uh, uh, when, I, when I joined Jack's Abbey um, about six and a half years ago uh, that we started working together again. My name is Rich Farrell. I'm the Brewing Innovation Manager for Boston Beer Company. Um, and I first met Herb in 2009. I'd had one other brewing industry job, uh, but it was mostly filling growlers and, and kind of selling beer. Uh, and I was in the middle of an existential crisis about whether to go to grad school, and I had taken a job uh, waiting tables at Boston, at, uh, Boston Beer Works in Lowell, 
and it became clear that there was some kind of reshuffling going on and and there might be an opportunity for for a apprentice brewer and so i dutifully hounded him uh every day probably a lot more than he would have liked until finally the very slow um, machinery of boston beer works clicked into place and allowed me to help out on bottling runs, which grew into a real apprentice brewing job. Uh, and that was uh, 2009. And Herb and I worked together one-on-one for uh, just over four years um, after that. And uh, uh, that, that's kind of how I met him. Um, and uh, I've been in the industry, yeah, so c- close to 15 years now. Um, and uh yeah, it was a transformative moment, certainly, meeting Herb and, and bugging him until he allowed me to work for him. Yeah, I think you're going to hear a lot. When people tell stories or reminisce about Herb, you're, you're going to hear the word teacher and knowledge thrown around a lot. Um, you know, when I when I started at Beer Works, I had just come out of um, brewing school. So I kind of thought, like, a little bit I was the shit. You know, <laughs> I, I stepped in like, oh, I just, you know, I just went to UC Davis. I know all this stuff. And then I met Herb and I was like, holy crap. Um, <laughs> one of the first times I was working with him might've even been the first day, you know, it was kind of a slow day and, and he just grabbed me and said, Hey, um, I'm going to show you how to sweat pipe. Huh? I was like, I, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he, he pulled me upstairs. I guess there was like a leaky ball valve and a copper line or something like that. And, you know, he's got the soldering tools out and all that. And he's, uh, and he's kind of like doing all this stuff. And I'm, I'm looking at him going, did you go to vocational school for this? He's like, no, no, I went to Hofstra. It's like, oh, well, what was your major? And he's like, accounting, of course. <laughs> I'm like, all right, makes sense. And, you know, every day working with Herb ended up being like that. You're like, he just pulls something out of his hat where you just go, Jesus, how did you know all that stuff? That that's right. I you know that that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is the way that like Herb conceptualized the brewing vocation was like much more broad than most brewers I've ever met. It's like as a brewer, not only do you know how to make beer and that's your responsibility, but like you need to know how to wire your pumps, you need to know how to replace the pipe, you need to do the plumbing, the brewing, and frankly. If, he, if none of that helps, you need to know how to make something out of wood to fix the problem, because he could do that, too. Yeah, he wrote entire electrical drawings, and he had never got any formal training on anything electrical. He just sort of picked everything up as he was going. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure where, where all that information came from. Uh, he, he had an, like an incredible intellect, and to me, that was like one of the things that made him such a great conversationalist, too. Um, not just someone to learn from, and I learned a tremendous amount about how to be a brewer and probably a human from him, um, but just like the having a beer with him after work, you could touch on any subject, professional, personal, societal, whatever, and he would have these really uh, nuanced and well-formed opinions on them, and he'd be like, man, like, does this guy's mind ever stop? And uh, for me, those those post-work beers that we had most days um, were were as much a teaching ground as as working one-on-one with him was. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that was just absolutely amazing about her was he always kept an even keel. I mean, no matter what was going on, he was calm, cool, and collected. And, you know, you you really couldn't rattle him. Um, 
So when he was rattled, it was like, oh, my God, something is really wrong. Like, what do we do? Like, what's going on? If he's upset, you know, the world is ending type thing. But, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, one of the only times I saw him, like, visibly upset was I was running the centrifuge uh, back at Morton Street, and he was working on the hot liquor tank, which was on the other side because uh, we had two spaces. And he's like, make sure no one turns on, you know, opens up this valve because I'm working on it and I'll get, you know, potentially burned. Next thing I know, Jack comes in and opens up the valve. I don't remember this. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> because... Because Jack turned it on when I wasn't next to the centrifuge, and then all of a sudden I see her run around the corner, and his eyes are just wide open, like ready to scream. And I'm sitting there like a little kid, and I just point point to Jack, like, <laughs> and he saw Jack, and he kind of like calmed down, and was like, okay. And then he shut the valve and went back to his business, but <laughs> boy. Yeah, he was, he was often so calm that it was frustrating at times because I would think the world was ending when we'd have problems and her would just be like, okay, next, you know, it's just the next thing to do. And I'd be like, no, the, the brewery's going to implode and we're not going to be able to continue brewing. And, and I think he always saw these things as challenges to overcome like they were he like enjoyed it he he liked not that he liked things breaking but he liked the process of trying to figure out what the problem was and what the solution was and just being able to tinker and to you know really uh use his brain to to come up with solutions and um yeah it was always uh it's always that that dichotomy of some people screaming and her just like kind of rubbing his chin like how do we how do we figure this out i i have an idea sort of thing here's another one i was i was brewing a batch of blueberry beer you guys all know that um i was brewing a batch of blueberry <laughs> beer and in, at at lowell beer works we were putting it in a bottle so we were dosing the blueberry wonf in the kettle not to the finished beer so the wort was just like blueberry central and so the the 50 barrel tank is is filling um and herb's you know in his office and i'm out there and i'm filling the tank and i just pitch the yeast and i seal it up and we had these really these uh manway gaskets that were not fitted to the manways themselves and you know you guys can all think of similar situations at, at beer works where we were just doing our best with what we had um, and so you had to line up this this manway really carefully so that the gasket wouldn't pop behind the manway and and you know not seal at all. And it had never really happened because Herbert showed me how to do it. And um, so this thing, the tank fills above the manway, and this one would always just kind of leak around the manway. And then you gave it two more turns, and it would be fine, and it would seal up. And so this one time it starts leaking around the manway. I'm like, okay, I go and I gave it two more turns and it doesn't quite stop leaking. So I give it a third turn and the manway gasket pops behind the manway. And I just take 30 barrels of blueberry wort to the face. Just, just, I mean, and it dried and I was, it was like stiff and I smelled like blueberry warmth. And, and I, so I'm, I'm like, I lost my mind at that point. I was a pretty new brewer and I'm thinking about the, the value of the beer that's hitting the, the drain and and you know of course most of all worrying about disappointing herb and i'm like 
running down the lane. Herb, 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 like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. There's, there's, uh, there's word everywhere. I'm covered in word. I don't know. And he, same thing. He kind of just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say saunters, but almost saunters out, looks at what's <laughs> going on, doesn't take quick action. He's like, CIP that tank over there, start to transfer the rest of the word into that tank. I'll deal with this. He goes over into his wood shop, which he had kind of set up a corner of low beer works to be his wood shop. And he cuts a piece of like uh, two by four, drills a hole through the middle of it, takes the, the crossbar of the manway off, puts this wooden crossbar up against it, reseats the gasket, seals it up, and switches the knockout back to that same tank. And for the duration of that fermentation, we had a wooden crossbar against uh, against that um, against that tank. Uh, and so that's a perfect example of how Herb would think that way. And, I was way more panicked than he was. I mean, uh, honestly, the entire brewery is some sort of mishmash of her projects that we have no idea exactly how they function. And, you know, there's a bottling line that he, that again, made out of wood. He really liked making a uh, brewing equipment out of wood, I guess. He did. Um, <laughs> the, the McHerb. Uh, Maher. Maher. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was uh, the same thing he designed at Lowell Beer Works for um, the Sour Red that uh, actually I was a part of. We bottled oh, yeah. Grundy's worth of the Sour Red that came from Salem and went to Lowell and all these different places. But we finally, we had it bottle conditioning, so it was uh, it was still beer. And he rigged up this two-fill system for these uh, Belgian bombers, and he filled them, handed them off to me, and I, uh, you know, drove the cork in. But he then took that design and made it a four-head fill over at uh, at Jack's Abbey. I remember that, John. I don't I don't remember what I was doing, but I was there when that happened for sure. Yeah, that was like a nine-hour day of bottling, like. <laughs> three barrels of beer or something like that. It was yeah, I don't remember if I was working the corker or what, but I remember that. And that beer was, that beer was fucking awesome. I still have two of the bottles. Oh my God, I would love to taste that. What's <laughs> that now? What, 10 plus years? I don't know. I mean, one of them has a label. I, I was involved in that brew. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, so that's pretty damn old. Oh yeah. <laughs> And pretty cool that we can all kind of claim a little bit of uh, participation. And I can't believe there's still bottles of it. That's great. Yeah. So the Inherb We Trust beer. So Inherb We Trust isn't something that came up after Herb's passing. That was actually a motto of the brewery uh, long before. Um, we had printed shirts geez, probably two or three years before that um, where – we had taken the that famous Obama uh, art art I don't know what you call it but like the color creation of the Obama picture and we had we had put Herb's face on it because um, he was sort of our 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 prophet of the brewery and you know so it was uh, the in Herb we trust was the the motto of the brewery and uh, you know as you can tell from all these stories. You know, he was that important to what was happening here. Everything from keeping this place up and running was centered around around Herb, and we all uh, were proud for to have that that motto here in the production. I I think that was the first time 
I saw a hint of like blushing from Herb when we presented when <laughs> when the brothers presented this T-shirt because he had no idea that this was happening. They got it all printed up and gave it to the staff, and uh, you know to see him like receive this 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 honor of like you know we trust you, Herb. You know the entire brewery is right behind you. Uh, definitely a little hint. He didn't give it away, but he, he was definitely a little embarrassed. <laughs> Yeah, so every everyone in the brewery has one of these shirts, and uh, you know, of course, the whole invite family, everyone, everyone has one of these shirts. So it's a little funny when everyone wear, wears them. Um, but uh, at, you know, I know the beer that that we've been we brewed, and now you're brewing. We're calling the In Herb We Trust beer, and we really wanted to uh, honor Herb through. Again, when we talk about her, we talk about how he's a teacher and how knowledgeable he is and, and how important he was from an educational standpoint. And it was so important to, to her to pass on information, uh, to, to talk about the education of beer. And so when we, when we knew we were going to be brewing a beer in honor of her, we, we wanted to continue with that, that name, the In Herb We Trust name, uh, to continue that legacy. Anyone who spent a little bit of time with her with her will know his love and appreciation for Golden Lager. And uh, we thought it only fitting that we continue with that. Now, rice in particular, um, we we thought would be be a good fit for trying to really get that that sort of American light lager uh, character characteristic. And um, even though it is um, for when we brewed it, we still did like a decocted naturally carbonated beer in order some of the traditional German style lager points, but throwing in some of that American lighter lager character. Um, yeah, Herb could uh, definitely had an appreciation for for that style of beer. It was actually kind of funny. We, uh, you know, Jack uh, presented it to the team because uh, he wanted the the rest of the brewery to be involved with. Hey, we're making a beer for her. What do you think it should be? And it was almost unanimous of a light lager. I mean, it didn't just that category just like screamed her because it was just so simple, easy drinking, and you could always find them with something like that. I, I think for for her, he was so process oriented, so science, uh, you know, the science of brewing that he saw it as a real challenge and opportunity to be able to really excel at brewing this style of beer. Um, and, you know, I think that was part of his interest in, in this, in this beer as well. So well, that you can e easily see him downing a moss of that uh, without, <laughs> without changing a, a look. Like he, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I've ever seen that guy tipsy, but yeah, he could, he could certainly, uh, Put a few of these beers into a couple moss, some mosses, and uh, and have have a good time drinking it. There were many an afternoon of a couple of mosses of Patriot Pilsner where I uh, inadvisably tried to keep up with Herb, who's uh, I think probably six inches taller and 150 pounds larger than me, and I, those nights probably didn't end too well. Yeah, there there were some uh, people that tried to do that, uh, <laughs> and they were you know a third of his side and like we can keep up with them and they're throwing up in the bathroom and he's like all right i'll have one more 
Yeah, so th this is a, a recipe that uh, the, the Jack's Abbey team developed, as mentioned, with, with Herb in mind and Herb's passions and interests in mind and, and a lot of different inputs. And then we were really lucky over at the Samuel Adams Boston Brewery um, that also, uh, you know, is going to have influence from Herb for a long time because so many of our brewers in Boston uh, were either directly taught by him or taught by people that were taught by him or interacted with him at master brewers meetings. Um, so we were very lucky to get this recipe and be able to brew it in Boston. And and uh, for my part, um, just, you know, sort of based on how uh, my role has meandered, you know, it had been a while since I brewed a beer and I kind of insisted on brewing this one myself. And I felt like I owed Herb that uh, to, to make the beer myself and, and think about the times that we spent on a brew deck together talking and and uh, I tried to be very mindful through the process of brewing it um, and I think it came out um, really well and, and the only difference between the uh, Jack's Abbey beer and the Boston Beer Company beer is that uh, we used um, our house yeast in it as as Jack's did so I think that adds a little bit of variation and fun to, to the different ways you can take a look at this, uh, you know, seemingly maybe simple recipe of a, a American style rice lager, but adds a little bit of um, variety that I, I know Herb would appreciate uh, sampling between. Um, so it was a really fun brew. Um, it, it's available now um, at the Samuel Adams Boston Brewery in cans and on draft. The proceeds are going from every sale uh, to the Master Brewers Association uh, Scholarship Fund, um, which uh, anybody who knows Herb knows that Herb was deeply involved in Master Brewers and, and many of us in New England as brewers who were affected by Herb but didn't work directly with him were affected by him through the Master Brewers. Uh, and, and he pushed the New England division um, heavily for many years, as many people know. Absolutely. So when I when I was hired by her back in 2005, at that time he was president of the Master Brewers Association uh, New England chapter, and I believe he was the president for close to four years, maybe five years even. Um, and in that time was that was a huge transition for for the district. The district went from basically uh, underfunded to close to bankrupt. Uh, to the time Herb was finished as president to being um, really having a strong district, both in membership and financials. Uh, maybe that goes back to his accounting background. He was able to, to figure out the financial side, but he really set Master Brewers New England up to success over the last 10, 10, 15 years. Um, and when, when this beer was decided to be brewed and uh boston beer and aaron linvite were speaking about the the proceeds of of this beer aaron really wanted this to support the in herb we trust scholarship um so the district new england has always had a scholarship for education of our uh of our members in new england and uh, a year and a half ago, we renamed that scholarship the In Herb We Trust Scholarship. Um, and Aaron is uh, has decided to transfer all the proceeds that Sam Adams or Boston Beer Company is raising 
to go to this scholarship fund uh, to help the district continue to be able to provide scholarships to our district. Yeah, we, we brewed this uh, at, the, at the Boston Brewery. And uh, again, we followed uh, your guys' recipe, ingredients, everything to the letter, with the exception that we used our house yeast. Um, the whole idea of this beer is to be this really light, refreshing, easy drinking beer, but at the same time, it's full flavored and tastes tastes great. And, you know, that's that's exactly what this is. It's easy to drink, approachable, um, has that balance of, of a, a, an American style, lighter lager, um, certainly a, a, a bit, um, fuller and uh, um, maltier than your standard macro light, but I think that uh, uh, sort of proves the point of trying to create really full flavored lighter style beers, which are always enjoyable. Cheers. Cheers. My name is Maureen Fabry. When I think about it, I think I met Herb Lindvite 20 years ago to the day, probably. I believe when we first met, it was January of 2000. Uh, my first real full-time professional gig as a brewer was with Boston Beer Works. I helped them open up the Canal Street location. Brian Allen was the head brewer. And Herb was up in Salem uh, and came in to, to take over as the head brewer. And one of the first things I remember about Herb, of course, is you know his formidable height and his um, his ability as a an educator, really, to undertake some campaigns to talk with our customers there at BeerWorks and educate them further about the beer styles we are producing and um, their their cultural heritage. And one of the things that came of that was I remember talking with him about how much I loved Irish Reds. And while we weren't doing any lagers, he said, why don't you make an Irish red ale? I'll work with you, but you can really take the reins on it. That was the first opportunity I had as you know, kind of a early on in my brewing career to take my idea and translate it into an actual beer, select the ingredients and right down to coming up with the name. And he gave me just enough of a safety net to know that the decisions I was making, you know, he would work with me to, to um, keep them on track, but he really ignited in me a passion and a fire for seeing myself as more than just a technically sound brewer, to see someone, myself as someone who could be an artist, who could have a vision for a beer, who could take the whole picture of the evolution of where a beer came from and really execute that in a setting where customers would be learning from that beer. I think as a female brewer, one of the only female brewers in the beer works, um, brewing team and the only one at the Canal Street team. I think that was a bigger doorway at the time than I realized. Looking back now, it helped me to see that I had a path as a, as a brewer and to see that I was taken seriously and to see that I could do it. And after that experience, we parted ways um, going to different organizations. But when Robin and I were starting Craft Roots four years ago, I was lucky enough to cross paths with Herb again and had a couple of things I was trying to work out here. He was more than willing to jump in and, and give me a hand and to be able to sort of come full circle with someone that you started a career with and then to see that that person was still there, all the things that he had learned, all the, the uh, 
experiences and, and um, skills that he had been sharpening for 20 years, he was still offering those to me at any, any time for anything I needed. That is definitely what I recall the most about Herb. He just has the heart of, of a lion, that he would do anything to help anyone at any time. So Herb, cheers to you, my friend, and thank you for opening that door for me and helping me move forward as a brewer. We really miss you. Hello, my name is Kyle Bigness. Um, I worked with Herb from 2006 to about 2008 at a microbrew pub in, in Boston. Um, one of my favorite stories uh, with Herb um, had to be when I was racking a beer from upstairs conditioning tanks down to the bright tanks downstairs. Uh, Herb was sitting in his office doing paperwork and doodling um, in the, in the uh, office overlooks um, the bright tanks where I was working. Finished racking, closed the valve, slowly started releasing the uh, clamp when a yeast bomb exploded all over me leaving my silhouette uh, on the bright tanks, on the kegs. Uh, I was just covered from head to toe. Herb comes out of his office, takes one look at me, gives his Herb laugh, turns around, grabs a hose, comes back and just starts spraying me down, shaking his head. <laughs> uh, it was a valuable lesson I learned that day and uh, one that I will never forget. Um, uh, so that was my Herb story. Good evening, everybody. Frank Firmino, a.k.a. Uncle Frank, as some people may know me. Um, so, we're making a beer. Not we, not me. Uh, making a beer through Boston Beer Company. Making a beer in honor of Herb. And uh, the In Herb We Trust beer. And I think that's super cool. Um, so, we can't gather together, but we're getting together virtually in order to talk about it a little bit, and cheers, uh, which, of course, then, need a proper beer. I mean, can't do a talk about a brewer without a beer, right? So, for those who don't know me, maybe you're young in the industry, or just out of a, a different area, or whichever, they call me Uncle Frank. I've been in the industry since about 2000. Brewing professionally shortly after that with Coastal Extreme Brewing Company out of Rhode Island. Had a few stops since that time. Most notably, probably John Harvard's Brewing Company, uh, the brew pub chain. And I was at the Connecticut location. Um, worked for Red Hook in New Hampshire. Lloyd Hobo Brewing Company out of Massachusetts. And back here at Smutty Nose Brewing, back here in New Hampshire, where I currently reside. Um, so, yeah, it's a very quick synopsis of what I've been doing, and it's how I met Herb, is just by being part of the industry, and Herb just being a regular guy wanted to interact with people who just wanted to be part of the industry, which was great, um, and that was through Master Brewers Association of America meetings. The New England chapter is unlike any other chapter in the entire country. I've talked to other brewers. Uh, around the country, some of their other meetings, and it's not like the New England chapter. The New England chapter is just, it's awesome. It really, really is. And Herb had definitely had something to do with that. You know, going to those meetings, there's a lot of times I didn't say anything. 
And I know a lot of people are like, what? Uncle Frank? Not talk? Ha! <laughs> but it's true. Because I was such a young buck and I was just being surrounded with knowledge. There were people in that room, even just during the social hour, just hanging out, having a beer. And I'm thinking, they probably have forgotten more about beer than I will ever know. And Herb standing there talking to Todd Mott, Paul Davis, David Walner, Will Myers, uh, Greg Ouellette, uh, just all these people who have been doing it a long time and have got it figured out and, and they were willing to share their knowledge with a young guy like me. And uh, that was just super cool. And it kind of transitions and makes sense. That uh, was really all about the knowledge and wanting to help, whether it was with knowledge or whether it was with helping you out with your, your brewing process or the lending of product. You know, there was a time, maybe not my favorite story, but it's a story and it kind of, I think, speaks to it. So I was at Lord Hobo. And we really ramped up production. We were going fast and couldn't get materials fast enough. So I start calling around. Just luckily, I know a bunch of people and uh, needed something. And Herb's like, yeah, come on down. And uh, he's at uh, Jack's Abbey at the time. He's like, yeah, come on down, man. I'll get you set up. Don't worry about when you can get it back. I've got plenty. So he's always prepared. And... Get down there, and I was surprised he was there. It was kind of an early, like a Saturday afternoon, and he's working on a piece of machinery, keg line, can line, bottle line, something like that. Um, and so he wasn't just a brewer. He was part of the industry. It's what he did. And even though the product was an exact match of what we were using, and again, I was kind of new, at least for that particular process, and he's like, ah, oh, this will be fine. It's going to break down the same way because of ba 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 and that's what he did. He was just a fountain of knowledge and just spit that out. And I thought that was great. Um, he just wanted to be able to help out. And then he went back to doing doing his work and uh, was able to, you know, get the product back to him later on. It was, uh, it was nice to be able to see him then. So, uh, I mean, there's so many stories that can be told. I'm sure a lot of other people have stories and hopefully we get to hear a bunch of those. But in that you know, in that time and in that manner, I'm just happy that they're making a beer in Herb We Trust. Uh, that the scholarship from the MBAA that's about knowledge was renamed after him as well. And I was lucky enough to win one of those scholarships. It was just before the name change. And I actually used that for something I don't normally do. You know, it wasn't just a brewing science course. I went for engineering because it's something I did not know. I needed to challenge myself and learn some more things. It, it totally makes sense that the scholarship is, is named after him. And now that we get a beer uh, coming from one of the oldest breweries around, a traditional beer. For a traditional guy that loved his work, he loved his family, he loved his beers. For a classic example of what a brewer should be, someone who just wants to help out, wants to make good beer, and wants to spread the knowledge. And I think that's something that unfortunately might be a little missing in our brewing world right now. Uh, the Young Bucks kind of hang out with the Young Bucks. And part of MBAA was the Young Bucks mixed with the old, the old with the new. Maybe I'm that old guy now. Maybe I'm that get-off-my-lawn guy. But I'm glad that while we're all standing on that lawn together, I was able to trade pints with, uh, with a man such as Herb. So cheers to when we can all get some beers together. I appreciate the opportunity to share a little uh, story and a little time with everyone.
Prost! Hi, uh, this is Zandy Zeiser. I am the head brewer at Union Craft Brewing in Baltimore, Maryland. I uh, used to work at many of the beer works. Um, just wanted to share a couple thoughts about Herb. Um, you know, uh, even, even from when I started, I didn't have too much overlap with Herb at Canal Street, but, um, cause he had gone up to Lowell already, but even within my first, you know, couple months of working there, um, I always remember going to his house for Oktoberfest or some, some such fall German beer celebration. Um, and you know, I just, I just always remember him being so, uh, welcome, welcoming and open, uh, just even, even with some kind of scrub who just started cleaning kegs there. Um, you know, I definitely thought that was, uh, a good indicator of the kind of guy he was, um, Another very specific memory I have of Herb was uh, his helping me out with cider making. Um, you know, I remember striking up a conversation with him once. Must have been a transfer day or something like that. Uh, uh, just talking about you know doing wild fermented cider, uh, and yeah, you know, he was very very generous with with all his thoughts on his techniques and even suppliers where to go get unpasteurized cider um i still refer to the notes that herb sent me in an email to you know on the occasions that i get around to making cider i always go back to that um and so you know when i when i think of herb i just think of think of a guy who was just so generous with with his knowledge and sharing information you know even if it was people who he'd known for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you know, um, you know, we were all kind of part of the family up there, up there. And, um, you know, just, just the immediacy with which I felt welcomed into the, you know, the brewers community at Beerworks, Um, yeah, always, always struck me. Um, so I know this is short, but just, just wanted to share these memories. My name's Bob Cannon. I'm one of the brewers at Boston Beer Company. Uh, I was fortunate enough to meet Herb uh, many years ago. We went out to an MBAA course in Madison, Wisconsin. It was um, the Master Brewers of the Americas gave a, um, a course on brewing and malting science. And uh, there were brewers from all over the country there. We stayed in a dorm. Um, and I met Herb and uh, another um, local New England brewer, Todd Charbonneau, and we were staying in a dorm, which was a little odd because we were a lot older than, than uh, dorm aged. But uh, in the basement, we had sent out beer. Everybody, all the brewers had sent out, you know, a pallet of beer. So we had plenty of beer to choose from. And every night after dinner, we would go and have um, a couple of beers. Well, one night, we were there for a few weeks. And one night on the weekend, we didn't have anything to do. So we all went out for dinner. We went to a Jamaican restaurant in Madison, Wisconsin, which in, its, in and of itself is pretty funny. But it was pretty good. But at the end of the night, we decided that we would um, go find another bar to have a couple of more beers at. So we went outside, and there was a group of several of us, and we were waiting for taxis. And um, a, a lady walked up to us and um, propositioned us. And it turns out that she was a lady of the evening. She was um, a working girl, as they say. 
And we were flabbergasted. None of us knew what to say, not having any experience with that kind of thing. And Herb just stepped up and uh, said, I'm sorry, ma'am, but we're all happily married men. And uh, I don't think it's safe for you to be around us right now. I think you should go ply your wares somewhere else. And we all just burst into laughter. We, we were not trying to um, uh, make fun of this, this girl. She was just out trying to make a living, but none of us had any interest whatsoever in her uh, services. And Herb took the initiative to, to send her on her way and wish her, wish her well. Um, while we were all rolling around on the ground laughing hysterically. Um, I, I only remember that because it was probably one of the few evenings where we didn't have too much to drink. We wanted to make sure that we remembered where we were and how to get back home. But every night that um, that extended stay, I think it was uh, three weeks, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. It was two or three weeks where we were there. I think we were there for a couple of weekends. We would go down to the basement every night after class and, uh, and then have dinner and have a couple of beers. And um, myself and Todd and Herb became fast friends as a result. And so um, fast forward, I, I, you know, I would see him periodically at, at um, events and, and things of that nature, but we didn't, you know, as, as, as it is, we wouldn't um, uh, spend a lot of time together. But several years later, probably two decades, we decided to, um, here at the Boston Beer Company, um, my friend Jim Carlton got us an invitation over to Jack's Abbey. And I didn't even realize Herb was working there, but I walked in the door and he says, well, Bobby Cannon, we meet again. And uh, he was always one, just one of the nicest guys, a gentle giant. And um, I'm, I'm really glad that I got a chance to know him and, and to know him in the manner that I did. We, we got to spend a short period of time together, but it was a, a pretty good experience for all of us. And, and uh, I will always consider Herb my friend. That's great. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, this, sure. uh, this, is, this is Jim Carlton here with also with the Boston Beer Company. And uh, yeah, it, um, I remember that visit and i remember herb as just such a always such a warm and welcoming person indeed uh, and just such a such a brilliant mind for for brewing and also for designing things and building things and just such a creative and knowledgeable person the sort of person you could you could talk to it seemed like for hours about almost any subject and yeah and just, well, that day that we went to jack's abbey he was working on uh, um the new building that they had built, their new brewery, uh, and he was fabricating a piece of equipment. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't realize. I, I thought he was a brewer, but he was a jack of all trades, and he was uh, was um, well involved in designing the piping, the process piping, and the glycol and everything for the entire facility over there. And uh, he was always a resource. I mean, I didn't call him on him often. But he was always a good resource. If you ever needed anything, you could call her up and he would help you out. He would, you know, share um, knowledge freely, but also raw materials and his expertise. He had a big heart. And uh, and I, I, like I said, I'm really glad that he was my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that just that warmness and, and welcoming nature. Um, I, I had the opportunity to go to a, a holiday party at his house once. And uh, he was, again, just very welcoming and gregarious and and warm and and he he was the bartender for the night so he that was his job and he was taking care of everybody making sure everybody had all the drinks they needed and and just you know telling stories and and just making people feel right at home so that's that's definitely how i uh, will always remember herb pretty good memory hey everyone jason from Allagash brewing here uh, I, I met Herb well over 20 years ago, initially at um, 
MBAA New England board meetings. Uh, we served on the board for a bunch of years and continued to connect with him many times over the years at Brewfest and, and district meetings and so on, and always exchange stories about the challenges of raising a family and while still being a brewer in this crazy industry. Um, you know, he back then on the MBA board and continued for the rest of his time, he just gave so much to uh, the New England brewing community and he is absolutely sorely missed. So here's one to you, Herb. Cheers. Hello, I'm Mitch Steele. I'm with New Realm Brewing Company. We have breweries in Atlanta and Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, got to know Herb in the early 2000s when we were all part of the Master Brewers Association District New England. Uh, we had a lot of fun at those meetings, uh, did a lot of really good work. I remember that uh, at, at some point during my tenure in New England, um, we were going through some leadership changes in the Master Brewers Association and uh, myself and Herb and several other uh, New England brewers decided to volunteer for officer positions and really make an effort to reinvigorate the district and we worked our butts off to do that uh, picking good good spots to have the meetings picking good technical presentations and Herb and I worked very closely together uh, to try and make that happen uh, along with the other folks on the leadership group of the master brewers so you know the one thing that really stood out to me is is herb's ability to just get stuff done whether he knew how to do it or not uh, he'd learn if he didn't know and he'd get it done and he was a pleasure to work with and he and his family i think would have been very good friends with my family had i been able to stay in new england uh, we just got along really well anyway i learned about uh, in Herb we trust after her past and I just thought it was such an appropriate phrase and such an appropriate way to um, recognize Herb's contributions to New England beer and so I salute Boston Beer for doing this beer uh, and I want to say cheers to all my friends in New England and Herb's co-workers and Herb's family Aaron and the kids um, just cheers everybody and, and thank you for doing this beer for her. I, I think it's a wonderful thing, so cheers. Hi, I'm Megan Parisi and I'm currently the head brewer for the Sam Adams Boston Tap Room. I do remember visiting at visiting him at Jack's Abbey, well the whole crew, but of course I spent almost my entire visit with Herb. Well, this is well, maybe 2015 when they were building out the new, uh, the newer brewery and and working there. They were in that in the new what was then the new space expansion, and everyone was getting shown around by you know, by the whole crew. But I remember spending my entire time with Herb, walking around walking under the tanks uh, him showing me just uh, the the piping that was already laid in for expansion like he was thinking ahead there was this this big space and he was planning very wisely for the kind of growth that they expected but also 
planned for themselves. They really just saw that if this is if this is what we're gonna do, we're gonna do it right. We're not just gonna plug these tanks in and then find ourselves in a few years, hopefully having to say, well, what do we do now? It's like, no, we're gonna put these tanks in, in a way and in a place so that it makes sense that when they have to come out in a few years for bigger tanks, this is how it's gonna happen. Or if we're just going to be adding tanks, there's places for them uh, just he loved to get into the details which was which was so much fun uh, he loved to get into the details with people who were interested in getting into the details and that was definitely me so it was always it was always fun to just kind of you know kind of geek out with him that that way I mean I still feel like after all these all these years even all my years in the industry the level of expertise and knowledge that he had still dwarfs anything I could have you know could ever aspire to it's just that kind of feeling and not because Herb ever held it over your head that he was you know so knowledgeable and accomplished it was not at all that way he was probably one of the most modest humble down-to-earth people that that I've ever known in this industry. And that was another just endearing factor. There was a, a warmth that I, that I always remember in every interaction with him. My dealings with Herb were, you know, mostly, you know, since we never had got to work that closely together, were always on the, the beer and the brewing side. But still, even with that, one thing you always knew about Herb was that he was a family man and not as much as he loved brewing and beer and the people in it and helping them grow because he was just sort of a natural he was a natural teacher nothing compared to his love for Aaron and the kids that was that was just one of these uh, also one of these legendary things as well Herb and Aaron and the kids and this family that was just tight and remarkable so thank you herb for everything thank you everyone and the kids for letting us have him and yeah we, we miss you buddy hi everyone judy nadu here uh formerly of Crosby and Baker and Brewer Supply Group. Um, first of all, I want to say I'm honored to have been asked to talk a little bit about Herb. Um, he definitely was uh, one of the kindest and most humble guys I ever met in the brewing industry. I was uh, in the industry for 21 years, knew Herb my whole career, and um, just got to know him a little bit better each year and really um, was honored to know him. Although we rarely talked about brewing, um, he always would answer any of my non-brewer questions with no judgment. Had a lot of respect for Herb for that. Uh, we mostly talked about family. Um, he mostly talked about Aaron and his kids um, and just lit up when he talked about them. Uh, we also shared a love for great food, so we talked a lot about recipes um, and really um, just was honored uh, to know Herb and um, 
to spend uh, some time with him. Uh, we spent some time over in Germany together um, at the Wireman facility. Uh, we spent some time out in um, Yakima at our hop facility. And we also served on the board of the MBAA um, New England um, together. I used to love seeing Herb at the MBAA um, meetings at uh, Budweiser in Merrimack, New Hampshire every year. Um, he absolutely loved a good clean lager, as most of you know, um, and loved going there and having a few Budweiser's as we had um, our weekend up there every January. So um, in honor of that, um, I am having a house lager from uh, Jack's Abbey, also one of his favorites, um, and just want to toast Herb and say, here's to you, Herb, and Herb we trust. The brewing industry misses you. Um, was honored to call you a friend and was honored to, to know you. Cheers, everyone. When I met Herb, he was the head brewer at the Canal Street location for Boston Beer Works. And he was, uh, the largest member of the brewing staff in more ways than one. They're all fairly robust group of uh, individuals, but uh, Herb was a good head taller than everybody else. Large limbs, the kind of guy who could carry a keg without much needing much help, a full keg. I used to see his whole family and the kids come by Lowell when they were much smaller. I uh, was pleased to see his oldest son helping him out at Jack's Abbey at one point. And there's another large or very tall Linvite in the works uh, as we speak. Hi, my name is Greg Willett. I'm the head brewer at Martha's Exchange Brewing Company out of Nashua, New Hampshire. Uh, I've been brewing there for going on 20 years. And um, Herb and I met uh, at the Boston Beer Works uh, where he was the head brewer in the early 2000s uh, when there was a Master Brewers Association uh, New England chapter meeting there. Um, I showed up early before the meeting and um, I went to grab a beer at the bar and I noticed uh, somebody come down from the brewing area and uh, go behind the bar and then come back out and grab a beer and I'm like oh that must be the brew guy I don't know who that is and being young and green and enthusiastic I went and introduced myself and uh, he said hi and got me a beer and I met his assistant Jack and we hung out and talked and then we uh, had the meeting and uh, that's most of my experience with, with Herb over the years is going to master brewers meetings. I wasn't lucky enough to hang out with them as much other times as most brewers will always tell you. We're always want to visit each other. We're always too busy. But uh, I had some good experiences over all those years with Herb. We even uh, served as officers at the same time. While he was president, I was secretary for a few years. And so um, it was always fun to get together at least four or six, eight times a year to see all, all the brewers from New England. And uh, it was a joy to know Herb. And uh, one of the best things I think that uh, Herb's old assistant at the Beer Works, Jack, ever did when he started Jack's Abbey was 
to hire Herb on as his head of brewing operations to help that brewery really get to where I think it got to because it was a great move and a uh, great explanation of in Herb we trust. So cheers to Herb. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Kate Baker, and I'm also filling in for Suzanne Shalo too, since she couldn't be right here with me. I had known Herb and Aaron for over 20 years, and as Suzanne and I got further and further into the beer business, she grew to know and love Herb and Aaron as well. Some of our favorite memories are of seeing Herb at work in the brewery, usually with a tool, or ten, dangling from his pockets, maybe a roll of tape between his teeth, and always a kind hello. But one of our most loved memories was meeting up with Herb, Aaron, and her other dear friend Scott for beers and sausages at Carl's Sausage Kitchen a few years ago. Herb, in his element, glass raised for a toast and a picture, huge smile. It was the very best of Herb and dear friends. We miss you, Herb. Cheers. Hi, I'm Charlie Cummings, head brewer of Remnant Brewing. Uh, for my first professional brewing job back 2002 through 2005, I was basically Herb's assistant brewer for most of that time. Um, I think he really, to me, he really radiated a reverence for beer and for beer brewing and the tradition of it. Um, around Herb, you just got the feeling this was a noble pursuit, you know, just the pure glory of like finishing a knockout or uh, fixing a glycol solenoid or revol revising a malt bill. He, it seemed like he savored all of it, you know. Um, he, he really taught me professionalism in a brewery setting. Um, I once really screwed up badly at work, like I brewed a beer on a day when we were actually critically low on finished beer, um, and there was a Springsteen concert at the Garden or something. Uh, it was a Saturday, and although the brew was on the schedule, I should have spent the day driving kegs around, uh, trying to replenish our stock before the evening rush. Um, and to compound that mistake, I also decided to push the Brewhouse CIP off until Monday because it was a beautiful sunny day and I wanted to hang out with my friends. Uh, and it was a pumpkin brew, so I'd really left the Brewhouse way too dirty. On Monday, I'd never seen Herb so serious. Um, he like sat me down. He, he was astonished that I had made these errors in judgment. I remember he said to me, this is your career. Um, his astonishment actually, I think, in a weird way, made me feel like maybe I could do this for a career. Um, he cared enough about not only his brewery running well, but I felt like he was almost urging me to do the right thing for the brewing industry. Um, like he was coaching me up. Take pride in your job, have some damn respect for it. That was the message, delivered in a very strict tone from a no normally mild-mannered guy. Um, and it made an impression on me. Like, um, I feel like that feeling from that meeting kind of motivates me. And, you know, still. Um, he, uh, he always played uh, Charlie Brown Christmas Jazz album uh, in the mornings in December at work. He was just like a traditionalist all around. Um, when it came to like music, beer, uh, seasonality in general. When I was brewing an imperial stout last week for barrel aging, I had the idea to take a portion of it and serve it fresh for New Year's. Um, 
Herb used to always do that. He used to always release the once a year Imperial Stout on, on New Year's Day, I believe, or maybe New Year's Eve. Um, and it was just like a small tradition that meant something to him, I think. Um, as the brew day went along, I just couldn't get Herb out of my head. I, kept, I started thinking maybe I should, do a, I should write something about him, like a blog post or something. I don't know. Um, and then the very next day after that, um, Jeremy messaged me asking if I could record something uh, for this project, which um, just doesn't seem like a coincidence, you know? It, it, was, it was pretty crazy. Um, one last thing, I guess uh, a month or two before Herb so suddenly and tragically passed away, um, I visited Jack's Abbey and um, brought a couple crowlers of remnant beer. And um, it was in the evening, so I gave the crowlers to the bartender with the instructions, these are for Jack and Herb. Um, I don't know for sure that he actually got any of that beer, but I always really hope that he did. Um, I think the, the sort of the love that he had for his coworkers and for brewing itself uh, carries through in some small way in the beer that I brew, and um, I think he would have tasted it. So thanks, everybody, for joining us for the uh, Over a Beer podcast here at the Samuel Adams Boston Brewery, uh, the In Herb We Trust edition, where we've been talking about uh, our friend and, and mentor and coworker, Blinvite, and the uh, impact that he's had on ourselves and our industry. Uh, and, and I'm sure that will continue well into the future. Um, for those that have uh, more interest, please visit www.mbaa.com slash district slash New England slash pages slash district dash scholarships dot ASPX. And you will be able to uh, find that link if you just navigate to the MBAA page as well. Um, again, all of the proceeds from this beer are going to be going to that scholarship fund, which is for uh, up and coming and aspiring brewers in our industry. Um, and this beer will be available uh, both at the Boston um, <clears throat> Taproom, the Boston Samuel Adams Taproom at Faneuil Hall, as well as the um, Samuel Adams Taproom uh, in Jamaica Plain, both on draft and in cans. Um, so thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, and enjoy your day.